I finally built the Atari 2600 Lego kit about a year after it came out. Plus, did the Supreme Court rule on the Epic Games versus Apple court case? Tonight is August 13th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. I'm seated at an awkward angle tonight. People on the podcast don't care. They're like, why aren't you standing? Don't you know that like radio professionals stand? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Sitting Down in an Awkward Angle edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do tape this show live each and every uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. That's at twitch.tv slash Network. So come join us live and interact with the show directly. But I understand that not everybody can be here on Sunday nights. That is why this is a podcast and you can join us all throughout the week on our discord server vognetwork.com slash discord will get you into the discord server where people post things throughout the week that i may talk about may not talk about but it's always interesting stuff nonetheless um so uh maybe we'll see you there uh or maybe i will see you at dragon con in a couple weeks it's, it's only like three weeks away or something like that i don't know um i'm trying to count weekends and stuff so i think it's like two we we have two regular weekends and then we have the amazing dragon con weekend now i had planned for tonight to be you know have a big graphic that i would share on the social media uh any social media that still accepts that stuff i don't know what's going on uh i was going to have a big graphic because i was told august 10th this schedule is going to be released uh, I actually have had my schedule for a couple weeks now, but it was I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off. I'm going to not actually talk about my schedule until the schedule is officially released on August 10th. And in fact, the Dragon Con app did come out on August 10th with placeholder panels, which is what they typically do. And there's some funny placeholder panels about you know, you know, uh, there's a workshop on how to build your own Oppenheimer, and you know, it might you know you have to sign a waiver. Um, but uh, uh, the actual schedule didn't come out. But what I have decided, and because other people have been doing this, and uh, so I'm not going to do it as a big schedule on my social media. The only place you can learn my schedule right now is here on Twitch. And so Dragon Con should not be coming after me for revealing it here on this Twitch or this podcast. And probably by the time the podcast comes out, the schedule might be out. But let me tell you, uh, I am very excited. I get to be on uh, three different fan tracks at Dragon Con, one I have never been to in my life. But I am very, very thrilled to be a part of it. But two that I have been working with, and actually on Friday of Dragon Con, I am going to be hanging out with the video game track. So I am moderating two panels on the video game track on Friday, 11.30 a.m., which is late late night at Dragon Con, 11.30 a.m. That's that's very late night. Uh, I am going to be moderating a panel called uh, Playing Tabletop Role-Playing Games Online, What's Next? Uh, so the description here, multiple online tools have sprung up over the last few years to enable players and DMs and GMs to connect and play online. Listen to our panelists talk about different platforms, professional DMs, and what's coming next to enable you to find your best play in, uh, experience in the digital landscape. So uh, I am moderating the panel with uh, several guests uh, who have been doing uh, online, D uh, who have, are DMs or write tabletop role-playing games, um, and, and we're going to talk about things like, you know, how we use Tabletop Simulator uh, to, to play tabletop RPGs online. A lot of people have—there are a lot of tools that came out, especially in 2020, on how to continue your D&D campaign when you can't all be in the same room. Uh, I'll bring up the Cast AR device, which I'll have with me at DragonCon again, uh, which was designed to play board games and tabletop role-playing games on uh, using where you have your own table— 
and you can walk around it and then you're playing online with other people that have their own devices and that was kind of the the design of it um so and, and fifth dream does say that uh my, my ex has been playing on dnd online for years uh i'm waiting for my pixels dice that are compatible with the online tools and we'll probably be talking about that and like i'm not saying that this was invented in 2020 but it became it came into the spotlight in 2020 and so people are going to continue using those as spotlights and or they're going to continue using them and we're going to spotlight the tools that are being made now in 2023 to make it an even better experience than just trying to play by email or play uh, play on zoom which is what most people thought in before 2020, that's how you played games online. Was like on uh, played D and D and stuff like that online. Specifically, we're talking about tabletop role playing games, not video games for that. But it's on the video game track because it is about digital gaming. Then I have my kind of my big interview panel. Uh, this is kind of this is the one. Uh, if you're a subscriber to the channel, uh, if you is to the to the Twitch channel, and you're in our Discord, you you saw this uh, come across. So I don't have any voice actor panels this year. I'm not moderating uh, any panels for voice actors. Um, Rob is, and I'll let him tell you uh, who he's going to be talking to. Uh, but I've got a, a legend in the, uh, in the gaming industry, in the board game, card game industry. Uh, and I'm going to be talking to them about digital games. Now, they are traditionally a board game, traditionally card game. Uh, the man's name is Steve Jackson. Uh, so, and we're talking about the U.S.-based Steve Jackson, not the U.K.-based Steve Jackson, who also works in board and card games and 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 tabletop role-playing games. So, uh, I am actually going to be talk spending an hour with Steve Jackson on stage at uh, DragonCon, talking about what's new in Steve Jackson video games. Spend an hour with one of the greats of tabletop gaming as he talks about the video games offerings he has and will be bringing out in the near future. And uh, I have already had a casual conversation over email with Mr. Jackson. Um, and uh, it, so we kind of like got, I kind of got the lay of the land. It's really like Munchkin Deluxe or Munchkin Digital is on Steam and on app platforms right now. It's doing really well. Uh, he's got some other stuff coming down in the pipe, some stuff that's about to come out, some stuff that's been out that, you know, maybe didn't get received as well. Uh, so we're going to be talking about, you know, that and what he knows of the digital gaming industry uh, stuff, even though he is primarily a board game and card game designer. So I'm not going to be deep going deep into, you know, how did how do you design a digital AI to play against and stuff? He doesn't know that stuff. But we're going to be talking about what Steve Jackson Games has for the, in digital offerings, what they're planning to do some more for in the future, and maybe some lessons learned while doing that. Uh, so that is going to be Friday at 2.30. Uh, and uh, and Questbro says Steve Jackson's the guy behind GURPS. Yes, that Steve Jackson, not the Steve Jackson that's uh, behind Sorcery. Uh, that's the other Steve Jackson. But what's confusing is that both Steve Jackson have worked with each other. So the UK Steve Jackson has written stuff for Steve Jackson games and Illuminati and GURPS, and the US Steve Jackson has done some stuff for the UK. Like they they, they play on it, um, and uh, and and I'm going to also say because this is going to be something that's uh, going to disappoint several people, including Zen Monkey Eleven, asking why he keeps making so many Munchkin expansions. Uh, my job at this is not to be a investigative interviewer. My job is to put on an entertaining panel and to make the guest look good. That is my job. Uh, somebody asked me uh, when, uh, elsewhere, you know, well, you should go after him and ask him why there's no GURPS online and have him defend his decision to not ever do GURPS online. I'm not going to do that uh, because that's a really great way for me to get uninvited for future events. So I, I, it is going to be a puff piece, basically, uh, for Dragon Con, uh, it is going to definitely be a uh, an uplifting piece. Uh, it's it's intended to put Steve Jackson in a good light, so I am not going to railroad him, uh, and I'm not going to do any investigative interviewing. It's not the same as if I had someone on my podcast who wanted to defend themselves. Uh, that is there there is a time and place, and the Dragon Con panel stage is not the time and place for me to harass an invited guest and ask them questions that they really don't want to answer. Um, and, but 
uh, and uh, Sjoe Matt says, "Buy a ticket, go to DragonCon, and ask the question if there's an audience Q and A. Uh, QA. Uh, he will mo- he will be around. Like you can ask him yourself if you buy a ticket. Uh, the way the video gaming track does the Q uh, the Q and A session, which is actually really good, is you don't get the mic. They they stop passing around the microphone in 2021." Uh, but there is, they put up a QR code on the screen. You can go on your phone and you can type your question. And then the moderator, me, I have access to a laptop and I can screen the questions. And if I think it's a good question, I can actually hit a button. It goes up on the screen and you can upvote and downvote questions. So the audience actually can dictate what goes up, but I get to screen them first. So if there are combative questions, they won't go up on the screen. They won't get asked. Um, so that is, that is how they do it. And I think that's a really great system. And, uh, you know, with all the strikes and stuff going on, that may be a system that Dragon Con overall may want to look into because um, they're going to be still doing panels with people who can't talk about their projects in film and television. And uh, I think right now what they're doing is it's just going to be moderator-led questions. It's just going to – they're not going to do any audience Q&A or anything. Uh, but this is like a great system where people can ask questions that, you know, don't uh, go afoul of the sag after guidelines uh, and, and still get their questions and be a part of it. But they won't get to ask it themselves. Um, Fifth Ream says, so taking good questions from chat. Yes. And that is why Rob Roberts and I are actually really good at the system that DragonCon uses because we've been doing it for 18 or 21 years, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, and, uh, the video game track knows that that's why they enjoy losing, losing us. Um, and, uh, Zen Mike 11 says, can you ask him what happened to the Munchkin video game though? It's out. It, it's, it's on steam right now. It's on, uh, it's fourteen ninety nine on steam and it's on both app stores for nine ninety nine. I know Zen Monkey 11 is asking about the Xbox 360 one that was announced in 2010 and then abruptly canceled or announced in like 2012 and abruptly canceled in 2014. That's the one he's asking for. About, um, and uh, no, I am not going to broach that subject because that sounds like a sore subject for everybody involved. But the Munchkin digital game is out. It is out on Steam right now, and uh, I have not purchased it yet myself. I'm going to this week. Uh, and But uh, from all accounts, it looks like it's a good adaptation and a good way to learn Munchkin. So when you do play with your friends around a table, um, you... you, you uh, are going to know better how to play and some more strategy and stuff, which is really why I love digital editions of board games. Like when Catan, Carcassonne, and Ticket to Ride came out on Xbox 360 and Xbox Live Arcade, I actually really learned those games because I was able to play against the computer and I didn't have to worry about setup and teardown. And so when I finally did play those games on a table with friends the way they're meant to be played, I was a better player and I was a better able to understand. And that's why I, I myself was very excited about the Munchkin game that was coming out on Xbox 360 and sad that it didn't come out. Uh, but from all accounts, it sounds like it just, it was, it's not a happy topic. And so I'm not going to be asking about that. So I apologize uh, if that uh, upsets you. But like I said, this is not an investigative interview. This is not a gotcha interview. This is a, Dragon Con fluff piece. We have invited Steve Jackson here. He is gracious enough to fly to Atlanta to come talk to people about his games. And let's, you know, I, I want to promote what he wants to promote. And that is my job. Uh, I am being paid with a Dragon Con badge. So you can call me a paid chill. You can call me a sellout all you want. Uh, awesome. I get to talk to Steve Jackson on games. I'm going to sleep just fine tonight. Questbuster says it's so wild to think that uh, Jackson's been in the industry for roughly four de- decades, still chugging out delivering tabletop RPG goodness. Yes, and he's got some new stuff coming out uh, and stuff. And Zen Monkey Eleven says uh, whenever I find a good digital board game, I usually buy if I know all platforms uh, and even mobile. Uh, and um, and the, the good thing about like the Munchkin Digital that's out now is uh is it's cross-platform so like my wife could buy the uh the android version and we could play together play online together um so yeah uh so uh yeah so that's my sellout panel but i'm not done yet that's just friday saturday i am hanging out with my friends at the digital media track for back-to-back-to-back panels so uh lunch does not exist for me on saturday because i am going to be in a panel room for like well, I'm switching between two rooms, so I'm not going to sit at the same table. Uh, but uh, it's Saturday, 11.30 a.m., I am going to be hanging out with Rob and some of our friends to do uh, uh, the second version of our panel that we did last year that w- had a line out the door 
uh, because we had some big name podcasting guests on it. And so all of their fans showed up and there were a lot of people that couldn't get in. So we're doing it again without uh, big name guests. So the title is How Do You Do Fellow Kids Thriving on Streaming Media After 40? Uh, so this is uh, basically our we're old and we're still streaming. And a lot of people who are on streaming and successful on Twitch are in their 20s or 30s. We're in our 40s. How do you be successful? Live streaming might seem like a young person's game, but it doesn't have to be. Share tips with other geriatric millennials, Gen Xers and beyond to, on how to have a fun st- how to have fun streaming at a wizened age. Uh, so that's myself. That's Rob. Uh, we've got Kurt Botin. He goes by VO, VO by Kurt. He stops by chat every once in a while. And then Danique Cosplay, who is a cosplayer. Uh, she streams uh, a lot of cosplay stuff. And so uh, I'm very happy that we were able to get uh, some more di- another diverse voice on the panel because uh, Kurt, Rob, and I kind of look the same uh, in in general, not, not in specifics. Um, but then I'm hopping over next door. To then the next panel room over uh, to be I am that so I am moderating the panel that I just said I am actually on these next two panels uh, the neighborhoods building a better community this is Saturday at 1 p.m. being a content creator on the internet has a way of bringing people around you sometimes managing that public engagement can be a challenging endeavor join a panel of creators who have figured it out in some ways to bring your viewers and listeners around and help out bring in the best of anyone basically I'm going to be talking about you for an hour it's you talking all about you. So basically they have uh, a bunch of us who are, uh, uh, who, who have a community that have built a community around our streaming platform. Vogue has done that. We have an amazing community. Uh, I probably will crack at least one joke about Breakman at some time during the panel. Um, and, uh, I'll talk about fifth dream, giving us bet different perspectives on things that maybe we don't think about because, you know, you all have, uh, different perspectives on things. Um, and one of the topics last week, Fifth Dream, was bringing in a different perspective that I wouldn't have. And I am a better person for having people like Fifth Dream, like Questbuster, like, that, that bring in different perspectives, different aspects that I don't think of, because I am not perfect. Uh, and, and neither are any of you. And that's why I like all of you, except for Breakman. And he's not even here to defend himself to, when I talk about him like that. But that's 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 the way it is. So I'm going to be doing that. And then I'm hopping back to the next the first room I was in for Saturday at two thirty for the first of two panels about the same subject that we talked about extensively. Last last week, the first one is AI and chat GPT, the impact on content creators. Uh, so this is. AI is taking the world by storm with ChatGPT creating uh, creating creative output. Is there a dystopian future out ahead for artists? What about copyright and plagiarism? This panel explores the issue of AI and content creation and the positives and negatives of its usage that impacts all creators. And this is, uh, once again, I actually had a long discussion, uh, kind of a monologue with chat for a bit, and then talked with DJ Rama S last week on the show. And it was basically preparing for this panel uh, and the next one I'm going to be reading, which is all which is basically the same one, just in a different context. And, you know, having experiences of, say, Fifth Dream, I'm sorry for calling you out multiple times, someone who, you know, wants to be an artist, couldn't actually do it or can't do it anymore, uh, have have that tool to be able to allow them to create their own art, which is something they've wanted to do. But like, and especially like me, I can't keep, I can't color inside the lines. Motor skills. I have bad motor skills, but AI could possibly help me make my own art. Uh, And so I've got to look at that and how it can be an accessibility tool on top of uh, taking away our gerbs and, you know, trying to balance the two. And so that's kind of why last week on the on the podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, it's about like the last 20 minutes of the show is all about this, um, was trying to kind of work through that so I can, you know, kind of be fair while still being pessimistic about how we're going to use the technology. Uh, and also know that it's not necessarily about how people like me and people like the, who are artists use technology. It's about how people who are CEOs see the technology and how they're going to use them in their business on making something that it is a, that that uh, making stuff and, and making it something that they make more money at by paying for less humans. Uh, so there's a difference between how CEOs are going to see the technology and how an artist who maybe be using it as an accessibility tool sees the technology and it's the same technology 
And it's just about how it's going to be used and who's going to be used it the most. Uh, but that's the first panel, and that's with a couple of people on the podcast. So that is specifically about how can you use ChatGPT for your podcast. And I'm going to be talking about, like, positive things is, you know, writer's block. Have it list some topics. If you're looking for, you know, if you want to make a topic, of you know, say, hey, give me some good, uh, you know, video titles or video concepts of, you know, upcoming episodes. Like, what can I talk about for 30 minutes? Have ChatGPT list those out, and then you take it and you know, work, go from there. And maybe even at, you can even ask an AI, you know, what do you think would be some of the talking points? And then you flesh out the talking points. Um, you know, uh, and S. Sherwin Matt says, we were all in the focus group last week and we didn't even know it. Bobby is wise in his 29-ish years. Yes, thank you. Uh, I actually did tell you, tell people, I'm like, I'm doing some of this on Dragon Con and I'm going to kind of talk through it a little bit. Um, so, but there's ways to use it intelligently. But, you know, there are, are are going to be some people that have just entire chat GPT created podcasts and they're going to try to make money off of it. And how do you uh, how do you use it smartly and also uh, delineate yourself from those that are just going to crank out chat GPT podcast episodes that are going to be wrong? And they're going to say things like there are no countries in Africa that begin with the letter K. Did you know that? Everybody thinks, you know, there, there's one that comes close. Kenya, while said with a K sound, only starts with the letter K. Th therefore, there are no uh, countries in Africa that begin with Kenya. And actually, if you search on Google right now, right now, for do any uh, countries in Africa that begin with K, the top result is a chat GPT provided answer that says no. And it, it, the reason that happens as a tangent ChatGPT uh, basically crawls Twitter and social media and stuff like that. Uh, and there is a recurring, uh, that's a setup to a joke because they're like, I, man, I can't believe that there are, uh, uh, I, man, I, I can't believe that there are no countries in Africa. There are 54 countries in Africa and not a single, and they, they all start with 25 of the 26 letters. And I can't believe there is no country in Africa that begins with the letter K. And they're looking for someone to reply. I'm like, don't you mean Kenya? And then they come back and they're like, Kenya. It's a, it's one of those type of jokes. But ChatGPT doesn't know it's a joke. And so many people on social media are, re are talking about this fact. So ChatGPT regurgitates it as a fact. And Zemo 11 says, people are using AI to make many documentaries and they're awful. The facts are bad. There was a study recently. Um, I'm in software development, so this is the part that I look at. And it's like, if you ask ChatGPT to solve a coding problem, it is wrong the majority of the time. A coin flip is more reliable than ChatGPT. But there's ways to use it smartly, and then there's those ways that people are using it to make money. The other, the last panel I am on is on Sunday at 7 p.m., which means I get to miss the beginning of the masquerade, but that's fine. This is on a track I've never even been to. This is on the independent film track. So the, there is an entire path of indie film makers and film directors and writers and people who act on independent films. So these are your small films. And I have been pulled into a panel, and I am not moderating it. I can tell because I see who the moderator is, and it ain't me. So they have pulled me into this panel on the independent film track called AI, What's Everyone So Worried About? AI has become a part of life, especially in the film world. We'll be discussing AI, the controversy surrounding it, and what the WGA, SAG, DGA, and everyone else is so concerned about. And I am on, and I looked up, and these are independent filmmakers, uh, people who write scripts for independent films, uh, and other people that are on independent films. I've never heard of any of them, uh, but they've also never heard of me. So, um, and how this happens, uh, if in case you're wondering, since I am an attending professional at Dragon Con, uh, which means that I am in their database, uh, what they do, what all these other tracks do is they will look and they, all of our bios are in this big system and they will search for specific keywords. And I actually do in my bio that is not visible to Dragon Con attendees. I have a long form bio and I have software developer, VR developer, 
uh, I actually have, because it's not public-facing, I actually talk about the type of software I write and specifically name one of the companies that I write software for um, because I've been on stage and done it in my professional life, so it's not necessarily a secret. I just don't reveal it here on the podcast. But I have that, and so they say, oh, well, I, they, they probably have me on as a software guy. They have me on as the software person who's doing the tech. They don't know I'm pessimistic about it. They probably think I'm going to be the person who uh, is going to defend the tech uh, and say that it's great. They probably think I'm a crypto bro or something. I don't know. But uh, I am going to be uh, I'm going to probably be the tech side on this, but I'm also going to be agreeing with most of the people on the panel who are paranoid uh, and stuff. So uh, that is going to be Sunday at 7 p.m. I'm actually very excited about that. Uh, I will tell you that the three panels on the digital media track, the three, including the AI and ChatGPT, will be streamed on Twitch, and they will be on YouTube. The one in the middle, um, or actually the, the one in the middle, the Neighborhoods Building a Better Community, I can guarantee you will be streamed because that's in the main room. The other two panels, they will be recorded to YouTube, and they might even be streamed. They have a they may, may, may have a second Twitch channel that has those panels. Um, so, uh, so I am, uh, uh, so you will at least be able to watch those. The independent film panel, probably not going to be filmed. The video gaming track panels are not filmed. They're not in a ballroom. They're not even going to be on Dragon Con TV. Uh, so if you are not attending Dragon Con, at least on Saturday, you will be able to see me at least once. That is what's going to be happening at Dragon Con in a couple weeks here in Atlanta, uh, I believe memberships are still available. Uh, day day only memberships, I believe, have already sold out. They they have a min they had a very small number of those. Those went on sale like a week and a half ago. Uh, but I believe four day memberships are still available. Uh, and uh, at dragoncon.org. and you can come as well and see these if you are in Atlanta. All right, so um, there's a big box next to me, which makes me sit at like this real weird angle, and uh, people on the Twitch. Uh, the people on the Twitch feed have already seen this box, and they've been staring at it the whole time. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I am going to unveil, and I will talk about this, uh, basically talk about it all on the podcast. I am about to unveil uh, something that I built, that, uh, or me and my wife built. She, she did a bunch of it as well. Uh, that uh, It came out a year ago. I bought this over a year ago. Actually, I think it came out like a year ago last week uh, or two weeks ago. Yeah, it came out on August 1st of last year. I didn't get a chance to even build it until this year because of everything going on in my life. And um, it is the Lego Atari Video Computer System, or more colloquially, the Atari 2600. And uh, I talked about it a little bit last week, showed an in-progress thing, but now I will attempt to remove the box without disturbing anything behind it. There we go. And uh, so now... I have the Atari 2600 Lego set. Now, behind it, for scale, I actually brought out my Atari 2600. So we're going to look at some of this. Uh, so it is, it's actually a very straightforward build for being a large build, a 19-bag um, build, essentially. Um, there are a few uh, components that move. Not as much as the Nintendo and not as much as some of the other ones. Uh, so it's a very straightforward build. So uh, the, the idea here is you, what, they come, what it comes with is you get the Atari 2600. You build that. There's a jo one joystick, three cartridges, a cartridge holder for those three cartridges, and then little dioramas for the three games. So uh, because they're in the front, I'll kind of talk about the three dioramas first. So you, the three games are Adventure, Asteroids, and Centipede. So Adventure, you make this little castle with uh, the dragon, who I believe is called Fahuggle Gods. That may just be a Homestar Runner thing, but that's the duck. That's what I call the duck. I mean, they, they say it's a dragon. It's really a duck. Um, and uh, Breakman says 19 prepackaged bags. Lego is the pusher man. There's actually more like 24 because sometimes like a step will have like two bags. And each bag has like two bags inside of it with smaller stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, then we have Asteroids. And so the Asteroids one is kind of cool because it's got it's kind of an action shot where you have the ship firing lasers at, at one asteroid that's being blown to bits. And then there are the other colored asteroids around. 
because when you hit an asteroid, it gets smaller. Get it? Uh, and then Centipede is the last one. And what they actually have, they have the little mushrooms and the little, uh, and then a little centipede thing uh, that, that does move around. Like, you know, if you're, if I'm not careful, you know, I'm going to knock an antenna off again. Uh, so those are the three little dioramas and it's got, you put a sticker on the front. So it's got the same as the cartridge stickers. So I'm going to move those a little further. They're going to go out of frame for just a second. I apologize, Twitch viewers, but I want to have a little more room on this table. Um, then there's the Atari 2600 itself. I'm going to show the uh, the joystick first because the joystick it can it it unhooked on me right before the show. It uh, the the little wire here came out of the back and it fell behind my computer, so I had to go behind my computers to go get the wire. But here is the joystick. The red button does not work. It's not an actual button, but you can move around the actual joystick, and it actually does make a little bit of a clicking noise. That's the clicking noise. Uh, and then there's a wire that comes with, on the end, it's got a little plug, which does plug in to the back of the LEGO Atari 2600 set. Now, for reference, I have here an actual Atari 2600 joystick. They are roughly the same side. The LEGO one is just a tiny bit smaller, and I think that's because they have to uh, have it work with uh, with Lego sized, like they can't like do different size Legos. So it's very close. Um, I probably actually have the wire going out of the wrong thing here. I'm supposed to probably have it in the top one, but it's very close. Um, and so that is the, the, the joystick here. So does the stick work? It does move. So if I, you know, it moves in the, uh, eight cardinal directions and you can actually, the button is not a button. The button is just, it's a leg. It does not depress. It does not press down. So there's the joysticks. So the console itself has a working cartridge slot. So when you build the cartridge, you can actually put the cartridge in. It's got. Uh, it's the four. Uh, the four switch version. So you have these buttons uh, on and off, and if you push them up, they stay up. If you push them down, they stay down on the left and then on the right they actually depress and come back up. And so these are your these are your rubber bands that do the 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 ones on the right, the which is the game select and game start. Uh and th those are the only rubber bands and the only string in this build. Uh the others uh they just you have a little mechanism that keeps them up or keeps them down for the uh black and white switch and the power on power off. There is on the back they do not move. I'm going to very carefully pick this up. Um, on the back, they do have the difficulty switches on the left and the right, but they do not move. And then same with the channel three, channel four, uh, that also, I'm pretty sure does not move. Yeah, it, it doesn't move. I think you can place it when you put it in and then when you get everything else around it, uh, it, no, it works. Um, pod coach says no RF adapter, um, it is pro I think it is this little down here in the bottom right, or it's the middle. I think it's the middle. There are two things. One's for the RF, one's for the AC plug. Um, but they don't provide that in LEGO. They, and neither did the Nintendo. Like, the NES did not provide the video cable or the power cable. So, the Easter egg, and I'm going to take Adventure out of this real quick. The Easter egg is if you open the machine. So the Nintendo, the NES, has an Easter egg where if you take off the side, it uh, you can see like level one, two of Super Mario. It's actually built in there. The Easter egg is if you pull off, if you pull forward the top. And so as I pull it forward, and I do this very carefully, because unfortunately this top is a little, there we go. And then a, a scene comes up of somebody playing their Atari 2600 in their bedroom. And that is inside the Atari. And then as you pull push the top back in, it collapses back down. So this is the other little movement mechanism. No strings or anything. It's just using Technic blocks and stuff to create the movement there. Now, I talked about the cartridges. 
Uh, so there, there's a cartridge holder as well. So you build a cartridge holder out of Legos, and then you can put the cartridges in there. Now, I will say that, uh, once again, because Legos, you have to have, like, very symmetrical. It's very, you know, you, you can't have different sized Legos. I will say that uh, if you have an actual cartridge, they do not fit in here. So this is not an actual cartridge holder for Atari 2600 games. Actual Atari 2600 games do not fit. So, looking at the cartridges, um, what they have done, they have Legoized the cartridge art. Now, I have Adventure here, and they actually even have, like, there's green inside, so it looks like there's a motherboard. But, unfortunately, I do not have the same Adventure cartridge they do. Um, so, they've got, they, they have the actual, like, later version, and I have just the game program Adventure from the early days. I don't actually have this version. So I can't compare those. However, what they did with the others is it is the actual Atari art just Legoized. So if I pull out Asteroids here, and I pull out Asteroids here, you will see that it's actually like the Lego Asteroids is a Lego ship. But it does look a lot like the uh, Asteroids that's on the actual cartridge. It's just they Legoized the uh, the art. And then they did the same with Centipede, where you have the Lego bug, and but it is very, very close to the version of Centipede that appeared on the actual cartridge. So it's actually Lego versions of the box art is what they put in the cartridge. So, it was a fun build. It, um, it, it, it took us a couple nights, but that's because, like, it was coordinating between me and my wife to do certain things. Uh, and um, it, it was a fun little build to do. Uh, I do have some pictures of it as well that I can show here uh, of it completely built. And, um, and Breakman says, I can only think of two ways to make it better, uh, make it work, and add, add the Atari Force comics. I'm sure somebody in the past year has put a retro pie on the inside. Uh, I am showing pictures that show it next to an actual, my actual Atari 2600, which was actually the six button one. So it's not an exact replica, uh, but um, it kind of gives you the size. It is very close to the size of an actual Atari, but I'm sure you can put a retro pie in there. You could probably, you might have to take out the little scene in there of the, the person playing in the, uh, in their bedroom, and that's where you would put the retro pie. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm positive that you can, uh, you you could get this to work. And I'm pre I'm like just like I think somebody has actually put the uh, Nintendo. They've put an NES Classic or a retro pie inside the NES Atari. So, um, so yeah. So that was the that's the. Uh, that that is the Lego Atari twenty six hundred build that I should have told you about last year when I built it, but I did not build it until this year. Dark Tatsia says, "I think they still make pie shells made from Lego. Wouldn't surprise me." Yes, so um, you know, uh, I'm sure you know anybody can build anything with Lego. That's the great thing about Lego. Lego hasn't released a pie shell, but other people have. Uh, and then there's the book. That I, I I only mentioned the book because it's not just the instructions, even though it is a pretty heavy instruction manual. It also has like some of the history. It's got little history stuff um, about Atari uh, and information about each game and stuff about the console. Uh, and so it is a little. It's a little. Key, you you keep this book. Uh, the Nintendo one also did the same. Um, and this is, they've even got a little note from the design team who, who built the, uh, who built the, 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 who basically worked on the actual Lego build. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so there's, there's the 60, it's actually 16 bags, but it's probably more like 20 or 21 because there's multiple bags. Um, but then like, even as you're building, it will even like give you like, Hey, quick fact this is why this is here. And, you know, like just random 
Like, yeah, the reason this is the way it is is because Atari did this back in 1982. And, you know, so it's a little bit bit of a history lesson as well as you're building. Uh, I wish I could find one of those in one of these 300 pages to show you, but... um, but I, uh, trust me, it's there. Um, like here, when you're building the joystick, it's got uh, these little text down here in three different languages. Uh, the Atari Video Computer System joystick is, is so iconic in its shape and bright red button that is often used in graphical icons to represent gaming. So, you know, little tidbits like that while you're building is what's in is they put in this book. Uh, so I'm excited. Now on to the next part of my Lego backlog, which is probably the Pac-Man that came out. Um, and, uh, stuff. So, but yes, it was, it was fun. It was an easy build. It gets a little repetitive. Uh, this top part is really flimsy, the top part of it. So you're going to be, want to be very careful with it. Uh, but it's, it's not complex. There's like the only technique is in the moving mechanism that the top part attaches to. There's only two rubber bands and therefore the, the, the switches on the right. And, uh, everything else is basically straight Lego. So I really did enjoy it. Uh, I did want to talk about one news story, even though I talked a lot about that stuff, but I started just a tiny bit late. So I'm going to talk about this news story real quick because this came across our, uh, our discord and the way it was framed was, so the U S Supreme court cites, uh, sides with Apple over Epic games. And the thing is, that's actually not accurate. That is not what happened. Um, so Reuters reports that the U S Supreme court on Wednesday dealt a setback to Epic games. Uh, in its legal battle against Apple, declining to let a federal judge's injunction take effect that would force the iPhone maker to change payment practices in its lucrative app store. So Justice Elena Kagan, acting for the Supreme Court, denied Epic's request to lift a decision by the San Francisco-based Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that effectively delayed implementing an injunction issued by U.S. District Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers, barring certain app store rules while Apple pursues a Supreme Court appeal. The Ninth Circuit in April had upheld the injunction in July, put to put that, uh, but the in, but in July put that decision on hold. Kagan handles emergency matters for the Supreme Court arising from a group of states, including California. So Epic, if you so this is kind of the background because we've talked about it on the show for a while, but not in the past couple months. Epic filed an antitrust lawsuit in 2020, accusing Apple of acting as an illegal monopolist by requiring customers consumers to get apps through its app store and to buy digital content inside an app using its own system for which it charges up to a 30% commission. Uh, Rogers in 2021 rejected Epic's antitrust claims against Apple, but the judge found that Apple violated California's unfair competition law by barring developers from steering users to make digital purchases that bypass Apple's in-app system, which Epic could save money with lower commissions. Epic could save them money with lower commissions. The judge's injunction required Apple to let app developers provide links and buttons that direct consumers to other ways to pay for digital content that they use in their app. Um, In seeking to pause the injunction from taking effect while it readies an appeal to the Supreme Court, Apple told the Ninth Circuit that Rogers had erred in prohibiting it from enforcing its rules against all app developers in the United States rather than just Epic. Uh, So the company told the Ninth Circuit, quote, Apple will be required to change its business model to comply with the injunction before judicial review has been completed. The undisputed evidence established that the injunction will limit Apple's ability to protect users from fraud, scams, malware, spyware, and objectionable content, unquote. And Epic told the Supreme Court that the Ninth Circuit standard for putting the case on hold is, quote, far too lenient, unquote. So what they are saying is, so what actually happened, the Supreme Court didn't rule anything. The Supreme Court just said, "We're, we're not getting involved yet. Uh, Epic can still appeal. It's not the end of the, the it's not the end of the case or anything like that. But essentially, the Supreme Court says Apple doesn't have to force or doesn't doesn't have to do anything differently than what they're doing right now. Uh, nothing changes yet, and the story is still ongoing. Uh, the Supreme Court did not side with anybody over anybody else. They did not make a decision. They did not hear any arguments. Uh, it's still ongoing. So what, what we're going to do, um, I am, let's see, do I want to do the music break or not? It's already eight fifty. I I have an amazing music break plan for the live audience that is so different from everything else I've done, but I ran out of time. I talked a lot about Lego. Um, so, uh, we're not going to do that. I, uh, because you know what? Orange Lounge Radio hasn't been here for a couple weeks for various reasons. 
and we want to get you to Orange Lounge Radio so you can enjoy Orange Lounge Radio for the first time in uh, in, in a couple weeks. And so I am excited to hear Orange Lounge Radio. And that's why coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network is Orange Lounge Radio. And uh, we like to check in with Rob to see what's going to be happening, how he's feeling, how everything's going. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. So um, welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to chat again. Uh, and I know, I know you. Uh, we've actually been streaming on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. You've been back, just not on not on this specific Sunday night stage. But you did some Correct. stuff th- Thursday night that's now available for people. Yeah, I'm just trying a new fun little experiment thing, trying to get some more content pushed out to mm-hmm. Vogue Network, trying to, you know, have there be a little more than just what we do on Sunday nights, as mm-hmm. well as our affiliate podcast with Anime Jam Session and British Invaders. Um, we wanted to just, you know, try to do some deeper dive on some topics and, uh, you know, kind of kind of, I guess, in a way, bringing back the roundtables. But there mm-hmm. might not always be a big roundtable full of people uh, as yeah. the mood strikes. We're going to take on some different topics. And just do some deep dive videos. Uh, you might see some more evergreen type of content as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be some deep dives on classic games or classic systems, maybe, as we uh, kind of talked a little bit about with uh, mm-hmm. Southern Fried. But, you know, this week we took deep dives on two kind of um, ongoing in the news topics, which I think is a good place for us to be. Uh, yeah. Dark Sakura from OLR and myself mm-hmm. got together to we, we got the Dead by Daylight out of our system early this week. No, we'll still talk about it tonight. But we <laughs> we talked a little bit about the uh, new D. DLC that was announced around uh, Alien, the uh, sci-fi horror classic from the 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did a special on that. And then uh, Shane, uh, formerly of the Ranger Pride podcast, as well as some other shows that have been around uh, Vogue Network, uh, joined me because he was at Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest. Unfortunately, he got COVID. We talked a little bit about how that happened and, you know, some of the things that, you know, they could improve for future Fan Fests uh next year and and some of the good stuff too i mean there were some really yeah. good things a uh, hint the concerts always are a highlight mm-hmm. uh talk a little bit about like what it was like to be in the room for the big xbox reveal and things like that so yeah as you mentioned both of those uh videos are now available all on our social medias which includes blue sky now by the way mm-hmm. uh and uh, of course vognetwork.com if yep. you uh you know don't know where else to go and and I, I liked how you said the big Xbox reveal when it was really the big two dies reveal. That was the big yeah, reveal. Yeah, that too. That too. The two the two dies for clothing. Yes, and and what it was like to be in the room for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And and uh. So I assume also tonight you're going to talk a little bit about Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which I did get numbers, and I don't know if I ever shared these with you. There were a little over eight thousand people at oh, Southern wow. Fried Gaming Expo. So that's how that's how much it's that's- grown grown a bit yeah that's great yeah i was gonna say it felt like more than three thousand okay yeah, eight thousand i think it them. was three thousand like in the past or like in the past two years yeah. or something but yeah eight thousand is where they were basically the official line is eight thousand plus so it's not not it's not mm. over nine thousand but they're they don't they're not gonna the next year maybe well that's good because you know i don't fly out for things less yeah. than five thousand right exactly yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the, the, but yeah, so it's it's good to see you back uh, for that, and the content good was good. I did find it funny you thought you could keep the Final Fantasy fourteen fan fest into thirty minutes. I know, I know. <laughs> We actually had planned to do two shows last week, Shane and I. We were going to do a Final Fantasy 16 spoiler discussion, but spoiler, mm-hmm. we're going to just roll that over to this week. Since yeah. the FanFest one's a little more timely, we wanted to get that one out, but yeah. the spoiler one is, you know, the game's been out a little bit anyway, so we'll, we'll dive into that this week. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so we're, we're looking at some other things to do because, obviously, here's what's going to happen, because Dragon Con is in a couple of weeks, and there's more mm-hmm. than 5,000 people at Dragon Con, which is why you fly out for it. And uh, we're going to get inspired because that's what happens after spending a weekend at the digital media track. And instead of waiting until then, we're trying to get inspired now and kind of be a little ahead of it and, you know, see Mm -hmm. see what we like and see what we can do. Uh, Because, um, you know, I I, I like fog and I want to do more. You know, I want I want to do more. But it's it's like I don't want to ask chat GPT what I should do uh, more. And so, you know, it's kind of just like living in our own head and trying to figure that out. So. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh what else? I mean it's it's been a bit. So what are you going to be talking about tonight on Orange Lounge Radio? Well, there was a bit of news this week. We're going to try not to dwell too much on the news that happened in prior weeks. Although, I don't know, some of the news that came out of, um, you know, Evo uh, might have to come out. Uh, But tonight we'll talk uh, about some of the news from this week, including there was a Pokemon Presents this week. 
So we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what they announced there, as well as ooh, some controversy around Baldur Gates 3, which a ton of people are playing, streaming, mm-hmm. and loving. This is yeah. really like the game of the moment right now. Yeah. But it's not without controversy, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and we'll talk about a new release in the Final Fantasy VII series. But it's not quite what you think, mm-hmm. unless you've been staying on top of the news. Then it probably is what you think. We'll talk a little bit about that as well in tonight's show. I actually don't know what it is, but like my mind's like, is it Pachi Slot? Is it getting a pocket no. slot machine? Okay. I'll give you a hint. <sighs> it's it's in line with something you were just talking about. All right. So, uh, yeah. So listen to Orange Lounge Radio for that and uh, and, and hear all about uh, Final Fantasy VII AI. I don't know. Uh, so Orange Lounge Radio is up next. I am looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you as always, Bobby. I appreciate you. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vlognetwork. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf. If you are on Blue Sky, uh, I am at bobbyblackwolf.com, not bobbyblackwolf.bsky.social. Uh, and we have the vognetwork.com account. So that is at vognetwork.com is on Blue Sky as well, not vognetwork.bsky.social. Uh, Blue Sky allows you to authenticate or verify yourself uh, with your, uh, if you're techie, DNS records. You can add a DNS record to a domain that you own. Uh, and uh, so I was able to authenticate with my domains uh, that I have. So that is how we have verified. So you know that we that is the legit account. And so unfortunately, if somebody else makes bobbyblackwolf.bsky.social, you'll know that's not actually me. Ideally, think somewhat, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I am there uh, on that. And then uh, at Bobby Black Wolf, just about everywhere else, uh, even posting a little bit to my Facebook page. I even tried posting something to threads, but nobody's there anymore. Uh, but um, yeah, we're going to be trying to do some more stuff uh, leading up to Dragon Con to try to see what, what sticks. Uh, but uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody. But we may be able to, uh, but we wouldn't be up. Uh, it may be, it's not for, let me try that again. Let me try that again. I was trying to scroll other things. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show's not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who doesn't know about it yet. Uh, but we would not be able to make the live work, uh, show, uh, the live shows, the live network work without people going above and beyond than just being here. So I do want to thank Fixation Gaze for continuing the sub-gift given to them by Dark Sakura. Thank you so much for re-upping that tonight. And then Dark Tetsuya uh, resubscribed, saying, Happy 31 months plus 16 months streak. Uh, streak. You know how Twitch is. Yeah, Twitch math is weird. It's totally weird. Uh, but thank you so much. You being here and you listening is really all that we ask for, and that is the best part. I'm going to hit the button before I get too sappy and break some Legos over here. These are flimsy, but this was fun to build. So Legos are a great way to clear your mind. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.